Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Calvary Assembly of God. I'm so glad to be able to worship with you today. And I'm super, super glad that Stephanie is here. Amen. <laughs> really glad. And my dad is here. And um, it's just so awesome to have Gary and, and uh, Brian be in the glue. I'm just really thankful for them. So I just want to tell y'all that uh, the Lord is good, and we should stand up and get ready to worship. Amen. <laughs> Lord, we love you, Jesus. We want to bless you today. We thank you for all of your blessings and all of your benefits, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. You said, forget not all of my benefits. Hallelujah, Lord. We, we have so much to tell you about you. Lord, I thank you for, for the miracles that we've seen this week, the blessings, Lord Jesus, of grace and helping people get through very difficult times, Lord Jesus, on to the other side. We thank you, Jesus. And we want to love, love on you today just like you have done for us, Lord. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let's sing Rain Down. Hallelujah, Jesus. Looks like tonight The sky is heavy Feels like the winds Are gonna change Beneath my feet The earth is ready I know it's time For heaven's rain But our hearts with holy fire
you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Woo! I love that song because sometimes it's a little prophetic. I might be dry, Lord, but I know that you're the source. So just rain it down on me, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's sing happy day. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, how we love you, Lord.
Jesus. Let's sing uh, let's sing this, this song from my childhood. <laughs> the key of C. Hallelujah, Lord. the Lord. This one's called Rest on Us. And if it seems new, you'll you'll catch it just um but you know what our heart really is just to to press in and invite the Holy Spirit into every situation, right? Whether it's Tuesday at work or Thursday at the restaurant. It, it's Jesus has got to go with us and be with us if we're going to bring his kingdom. Amen. Amen. So, um let's just sing this song is called Rest on Us. my heart. 
when you fill the room. You're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. Come down. Spirit, when you move, you make my heart pound. When you fill the room, you're here and I know you are moving. I'm here and I know you will fill me. the gates that heaven on in come rest on us come rest on us fire and wind come and do it again open up the gates that heaven on in come rest on us come rest on us fire and wind come and do it again open up the gates that heaven on in come rest on
turned away a hungry, persistent heart. That lady was persistent. She said, I, I want you to touch my daughter. And he said, it's not, it's not your time yet. It's not your time. She said, but even the dogs get the crumbs. I'm going to persist. And when we press in, he always honors that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Your arm is not short, and your eye is not dim. Oh, how you love us! Oh, how you love us! Worship you, worship you, Lord Jesus. Oh, how you love us! Holy
Thank you, Jesus, so much. Your whole life will come to you in the way that you meant it. Like you, Jesus.
seated. Thank you. He deserves the glory. You've seen those commercials. Go ahead and pamper yourself. You deserve it. I'm not saying you don't deserve some wonderful things, but he deserves all the glory. He is the one who deserves the glory. He is so good to us. Whatever you need this morning, he loves you so much. And he is here for you this morning. When we all came together this morning, that's when the presence of God came here. I've said this before. I'm here during the week. And yes, there's an amount of the presence of the Lord that is with me as one of his children all the time, just like you. And wherever you go, his presence goes. But when we all get here together and we worship the Lord corporately, his presence is here in a way that, that there's no other way. It's, it's a really special thing. Do you feel his presence this morning? If you don't, it's okay because he's here anyway. And he loves you. And he cares about you. And he's here for you, whoever you are. And somebody's, I can tell you right now, somebody's sitting here thinking, yeah, but not me. And you're wrong. Yes, you. Yes, you. Yes, you. All of you. Yes, you. He loves us. He's got this. Life is tough. And that's okay. Because we really didn't come here to just sit around and, and pamper ourselves. That's not our, our plan here. We like to be happy, but that's really not the plan. The plan is for us to come here to accept Jesus as our Savior and then to be his hands and feet and heart on this earth towards other people who also need to know him. 
who also need to be rescued from hell. That's not a swear word. It's a place. Because somebody chooses to use it as a swear word doesn't really make it one. You can use any word as a swear word. So if you're, if you're using some word in place of a swear word, that's a swear word to you. <laughs> I hate to tell you that. But I'm telling you, and you know, there is a place called hell. It was, it was created for the devil and his angels because, yes, they deserved that. And God doesn't want you to go there or the rest of the world, not anybody. I don't care which kind of camp you fall into, whether you think that people are, are um, predestined to go to heaven or not. The Bible says that God is not willing that any should perish. So I'm here to tell you that every living person is predestined to go to heaven according to the word of God. And it's their decision, but it, they also need to know. How can they know without a preacher? How can they know without a neighbor? How can they know without a fellow shopper? How can they know without a, a cousin or a daughter or a parent? How can they know without you and without me? And the way that we do that looks different for every last one of us. I want you to stand this morning, and we're going to pray for all of our needs, but I'm telling you, on this great Super Bowl morning, go ahead and stand up. Is Kansas City in the Super Bowl? Well, I hope they win. Well, I'm not a sports person. I'm sorry. I hope they win. But what every one of you has to offer the world is infinitely more important. And what every one of us have to offer the world is infinitely more important. Father, we bring all of our needs to you this morning, and we lay them at your feet. And we receive what you have for us, Lord, whether it be healing or provision or wisdom or direction or provision, whatever it is, Lord, relationships restored, our loved ones brought back to you, Lord, those that have known you and have, and have somehow strayed away, we declared that they would be brought back in the name of Jesus, according to your word, just like the prodigal son, Lord. Let this be the day that that prodigal son comes back to the Father in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for it. We receive it, Lord. We thank you for it. Lord, and I pray that you would help each one of us, Lord, to be able to stand on the feet that you created for us and to walk the walk that you created for us to walk and it's going to look different for every, for every last one of us, Lord, but I just pray a blessing on us all as we walk out through this life the things that you have created for us to do. Your word says that there are good deeds that you have actually created for us to do. What a blessing that we get to do those, Lord. What a blessing that we are in the family that we're in so that we can be a light to them. What a blessing that we were, are in the neighborhood that we're in so that we can be a light to them, Lord. What a blessing that we're in Port Charlotte and Arcadia and, and um, Panagorda and Northport, Lord, wherever we live, Lord, that we can be a light to our community. What a blessing, Lord, that we are Floridians, that we can be a light to our community. What a blessing for our snowbirds, Lord, that they're about to go back sometime soon up north wherever they, wherever they go to during the summer 
and that they can be a light to their community. In the name of Jesus, I declare it. Lord, what a blessing that we are part of the United States of America, that we can actually make a difference here in our country, Lord. What a blessing, Lord, that we are part of North America. Oh, God, that we can be a blessing in North America. What a blessing, Lord, that we are Americans, that we can be a blessing to our whole, our whole, um, the, all of the Americas, Lord, North America, South America, Central America. We declare a blessing and that we will be part of it in Jesus' name. What a blessing, Lord, that we are part of the world and that we can actually have influence over the world in the name of Jesus. Every one of us individually and also corporately, Lord, as we do what we do and we don't know where the influence stops because you are just wonderful like that. Father, I declare that this world would be turned upside down by the love of God in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask for and we receive a great outpouring of salvation um, grace in Jesus' name all over this whole world, Lord. We pray for every people group. We pray for every, every, um, every race. We pray, Lord, for every ethnic group. We just pray for every last person, wherever they are, Lord. We cannot make our bed anywhere that we can hide from you. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you that you know where every last person is. You know where every lost child is, Lord. You know where every lost human being is, Lord. I just declare salvation in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that you would anoint our pastor as he comes this morning, that the words that you give him will be life-changing, and that the anointing would break the yoke this morning in Jesus' name. We pray, Lord, that every yoke, that every burden, that every issue that has been plaguing us would be broken this morning in the name of Jesus. And we receive it, Lord. People, just say it right out loud. Lord, I receive it. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. I'd just like to ask if we could have a special prayer for our granddaughter, Addison. Some of you know, some of you do not know. Uh, she's 11. She's a special needs child. She cannot walk. She cannot speak. And she has curvature of the spine, and she had surgery three weeks ago here in uh, St. Pete. And the surgery was successful, and she came home. But she woke up one morning and was just slapping herself uh, fiercely and bruising herself. She was in such pain. So. They took her to the uh, emergency in Arcadia. They couldn't do anything for her. They sent the mom to Orlando. Heather drove her daughter, I'm guess, hitting herself for three hours getting to the hospital. She's been in Orlando since Tuesday, Wednesday morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. They got her there. And she's heavily sedated. They had to, they suspect an uh, uh, infection in the incision, and so they had to open up her back and clean it and drain it. And they suspected possibly she had meningitis. They gave her a spinal tap the other day and the result came back, no spinal tap, so praise God. I mean, no meningitis, so praise God for that. But she has an infection somewhere. 
<coughs> she's an enigma. They, um, they don't know what's wrong with her. They're giving her two different kinds of antibiotics. They, morphine will not help her pain. And they gave her a new medicine yesterday that's eight times stronger than clonidine. And you can only have it for 24 hours. So they put her on that, took the spinal tap, and she slept finally. She hadn't slept for about 60 hours. She slept peacefully, and they weren't sure how she would come out because other times after she came out of uh, the pain med, she or whatever they gave her, she would start slapping herself again because she was in so much pain. And yesterday, after she slept, she came up, and she was her old self. And being on this medicine, though, they were having to wean her from the IV to oral meds. And they're still confused. They don't know where the infection is. And uh, my daughter, granddaughter asked if we could pray that the doctors would have wisdom and how to treat her, what this is, but our Heavenly Father knows all about it. He knows where it is, and we just ask that you pray together for her complete healing and for peace. Mom and Dad are exhausted. Would, would some of you that like, let's just, let's just come and lay hands on Audrey because will you be seeing her? No. Well, let's just come as a point of contact Frankie, would you would you come on up too, Frank? Because this is her uncle here, and let's just pray over this family as if you were laying your hands on that little girl. People, the doctors don't know, but I know somebody who does know. He not only knows, but he can do something about it, because maybe the doctors will find out. But can they do anything? But I know somebody who knows and knows how to fix the problem. So we're going to go to him in prayer right now. And I want you, if you don't come up here, just reach out. And let's begin to remember how we say this. We don't tell God about the problem. We tell the problem about our God. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to ask largely. Don't say, God, if it be thy will, and just get her by. Listen, God doesn't operate that way. He is a generous and a supernatural God. So let's go to him right now. And ask largely, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bring to you Addison as the men in the Bible brought their friend and let him down through the roof. And we come against this mysterious disease in the name of Jesus. We bind it and we rebuke it and we command it to go in Jesus' name. And that your life and your healing will be released into this little girl's life right now as of this moment. And that strength and rest and hope and peace will come to her parents and to her grandparents, to her entire family in the name of Jesus. May today be a day of reversal, a day of healing in the name of Jesus. You said, Lord, in your word that if two or three come together as touching one thing, you are there in the midst. So, Father, we know by, based on your word that you are here right now, standing next to Audrey, standing next to Addison there in the hospital. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that your divine healing and virtue will flow into that little girl's body right now in the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks because you said with prayer and thanksgiving. So we give you thanks, Lord, in faith for your touch. You care. You care more than we care. Hallelujah. Jesus name give hope and peace now I pray in Jesus name 
Amen, 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 amen. How many others do you have just really desperate, serious needs in your life this morning, in your families? Would you just stand? Father, there is a tremendous amount of struggle and satanic attack upon your people. And that's not good, and you do not approve of that. And so, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we come against every principality and power because we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle against principalities and powers who like to try to exert themselves and inject themselves into our family situations. And we'll not stand for it, and you'll not stand for it. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that chains will be broken. People will be set free. Bondage will be broken. Sickness will be canceled in the name of Jesus. And your holy virtue flow into people's lives right now. Hallelujah. I pray, Lord Jesus, for a divine, supernatural injection of your Holy Spirit to drive back the powers of darkness, that your kingdom come and <coughs> your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Now, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah. And I thank you, Lord, and I praise you, Jesus. We are victorious, and you have taken us from victory to victory. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Liz mentioned that some of you may, and it reminds me, some of you may be traveling. How many is this your last Sunday here, and you're going back up north? How many are going to leave next week? You guys are leaving next week? You'll be here next Sunday? And then you're heading back up north. How many others are like that? Your kids are coming down. Okay. All right. Okay. 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 Can we have a potluck next week? <coughs> okay. <coughs> you start a potluck while we, while we pray. <coughs> would you guys come on up here? We're going to pray for you now and next week. Would you, sister, would you come on up on behalf of your kids? You know, did I miss somebody? When you guys travel back and forth, you're not just going and coming at will. But we're, gonna, we're going to speak a divine gift of evangelism and anointing upon you. And when your kids come, that you will become an evangelist to them. And may this trip down here not just be a nice trip to Florida, but a time when their life is just shocked and they'll change for Jesus. Is that what we want? And when you guys go back, people are going to go, oh, here comes the preacher. Pastor and Mrs., all right? So would you just reach your hand? Lord, we speak your blessing over, all, over these three and all the families. Father, I pray for a divine anointing. I pray that you will set them up for divine, supernatural encounters with people. Not just happenstance or not just coincidence, but a supernatural encounter with people that will change their life and redirect their steps. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. They do? Oh, okay. All right, good, good. Revival in that family. How many are leaving and going back up in the next month? All right. 
you're, you're going next month? Well, you help me. Help this old man to remember because we're going to pray over you guys too. I want to I wanna try to pray over people before they go. So will you do me a favor and help me to remember? You be my personal assistant. Don't be afraid to ask. See, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. So ask, and it shall be given. Ah, oh, man. It have, did you notice the um, a tremendous anointing that's been on the worship this morning? Weren't these musicians anointed today? Wow. Praise God. Carol and your group, we just thank you so much for what you do and how, how sensitive you are. And I know the rest of the gang isn't right here, but the sensitivity that you have to let the Lord use you. Did you notice how almost spontaneous we broke into song here after they sort of slowed down and you just kept singing? That's, that's how it ought to be. The praise ought to be spontaneous and just flow. It's, it's not from just up here, but it's, it's all of us. So when that kind of an atmosphere comes, you have to just let it go. Amen? Wouldn't it be wonderful we could get to a place where we just operate in total freedom and let the Holy Spirit flow in this place? Oh, what a, what a joy, what a presence it is to let him have his way. Isn't it? Isn't that true? Uh, we, we like coming to church, but, but we, we need Jesus. We need him, you see. You don't need me. You don't need the worship team. You need Jesus. And that's what we're here for. That's even what I'm here for. This isn't my job. I need Jesus. I need the anointing. I need to walk in him every day, all day. Amen? So this is kind of a, a little harbor in the midst of the storm sometimes for us. But it also ought to be a place where others can find shelter. Amen? Father, we just give you thanks. We give you thanks. We give you thanks. And now we're going to, we're going to give and we're going to declare. And Liz reminds me, I forget to tell you what this hat is all about. Because people wonder, why do you guys have a yellow hat on the table? This is a little bit big for me, as you can see. But it's extra large. For Some years ago, we started our building program. This is long before Charlie. Well, no, after Charlie. And we had a prog program called Can We Build It? Yes, We Can with Bob the Builder. How many remember Bob the Builder? So we had it based on that theme of Bob the Builder. So since that day, we've been taking every Sunday all the loose changes. Does change ever irritate you in your pockets? You know, And sometimes it's in your car, in your ashtray, or falls down in the chair where you, where you take your nap in the afternoon. Well, bring all that stuff in and throw it in the yellow hat. And then what we do is that we put that directly toward the debt retirement of the, of the mortgage on the building, all right? Hallelujah. So we're going to make our declaration. So get whatever it is you're going to give today, and we're going to pray over it. Divine multiplication. You know, when the children of Israel brought their, their sacrifices to the temple, they didn't just drop them off. But... God took those things and he did something with them. He manifested himself through those. So how are you doing with the, with the sign-up sheet? Yes, you, you can. We'll get to the 
We'll get to the spiritual food, and then we'll get to the physical food. Hallelujah. So don't, don't forget, all right? All right, so you have it. Are you ready? As we receive today's offering, I'm believing the Lord for jobs and better jobs, for raises and bonuses, for benefits and salaries and commissions, for favorable settlements, for estates and inheritances, for interest and income, for rebates and returns, and checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, debts paid off, expenses decrease, and blessings increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs, that I may have more than enough to give into the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. And hallelujah. Would you come and give? And you that are watching online, you can do the same thing. You can participate. On your screen will be some information of how you can do that. Come and let's give in Jesus' name. Okay, so I apologize for the interruption and all that, but, you know, sometimes we just have to do things. And we're all friends here, right? Yes. So, so what we're going to do, we had a couple different requests to have a potluck on the 19th for different reasons, and that's next Sunday. And so um, we're going to change it for this month from the end of the month to the 19th, okay? All right, and so it's going around right now. It was handwritten, but you know what it usually looks like. Just do it this, the same way as usual. Um, and as many as can uh, participate will be wonderful. If you can't, we understand. But let's, let's have a real good time of fellowship next week. We have, we have Teresa's um, son and, fam and his family coming, and they'll come if we have a potluck. And maybe we can get her husband here, which is an awesome thing if, if we do that. And th that'll be the Hegemans last Sunday, and so we want them to be blessed with a, some time of fellowship before they leave. And let's just have a wonderful time of fellowship. So bring your delicious food that you bring. It's, it's wonderful, and we're going to have a great time next week. All right? God bless you guys. 
Lord, thank you, Liz, for reminding us of those things. That's great. And we're going to now lift this up before the Lord and sanctify it and ask for a divine, supernatural provision in our lives. In Jesus' name, Father, thank you for what you have given to us to sustain life. And Lord, there's no way we can, can even come close to matching. And even if we did, you own it all anyway. But you've told us to do this not for you, but it actually blesses us when we give to you. So Lord, I pray that the spiritual law that we don't even totally understand be released in our lives now as we give. And I pray for your provision, your multiplication, your favor, and blessing upon everyone who has given in the name of Jesus. And we set this offering now aside for your service. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. I didn't know my wife was a Kansas City fan. Uh, you learn something new every day. I have no idea who's playing. I've never really gotten into football. Give me a fishing pole and a boat, and I'm good. And you can play football, and I'll go fishing. How's that? God is good. I just enjoy his presence. Mac, I am thankful that you're here. I appreciate you and Juanita. Where's Juanita? She's somewhere. The children, by the way, they're, they're heading out. They're not even waiting for me to dismiss them. So children, you're welcome to go to Children's Church. We bless you. Appreciate you so much. Everybody's got to stop and see DeAndre's baby on the way. She's the star of the show. Won't be long, and she'll be out the door too, right? Just a, a blink of an eye, and she'll be on her way. How old is she now? One? When was her birthday? The 13th. <laughs> oh, praise God. Good to see you, John and Tandra. You all right? Missed you last week. Good to see you here. Sorry about that lawnmower yesterday, Brandon. He's trying to mow the lawn, and the cotton-picking machine won't cooperate with him. Appreciate you and all that you do. Holy Spirit, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your presence in this place. We don't need to feel you, but it sure is good when we do. And we give you thanks, and we give you praise. Actually, because you dwell inside of us. And when we feel that river of living water flowing, it's just so refreshing. It's so good. And I thank you for your presence in this place. And now I ask you for an anointing to flow through this place, that your word goes forth in power. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you for your word. We thank you for men and women of old who were sensitive to hear your voice and to write it down so that we could appreciate your speaking to them. We regard this word highly. We reverence your word. It's, it's a living word, and we thank you for it. I thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name, amen. I think I told you this before, but I'll tell you again, because it's just, 
when when something amazes me, I guess it <coughs> I guess it doesn't take a lot to amaze some people, but simple people like me are amazed by a lot of stuff. And you know, some years ago, I think it was actually James, my brother and and my wife and daughters that encouraged me to write a book. And I have never written a book. I I I I'm terrible at writing. I'm terrible at spelling and all that grammar stuff. <coughs> but anyway, I tried to write a book, and and it's it's somewhere. Uh, and the problem is, after I got done, I let a couple people proofread it, and they said it was just not anything that would work because uh, my wife said to me, she said, "You write like you talk." You don't finish your sentences. You go from one subject to another, and there's no way that you can edit this. So I pretty much have forgotten that idea. There's enough books out there to read. You don't need one more. But what amazes me, yeah, amen. But what amazes me is that this book here was written by holy men of God, they spake as they were moved upon by the Holy Spirit. And do you understand they didn't need any proofreaders? They didn't need spell check. They didn't need grammar checkers. They wrote it down on whatever they used to write on in those days. And the first draft was perfect. And to this day, theologians scratch their head and parse every single word to squeeze out all the fresh, new information. Isn't that amazing? Now, that doesn't just happen by accident. Take it from somebody who tried it, you see? So, but this book never needed an editor, never needed a ghostwriter or a proofreader. It's been perfect since the day the Holy Spirit moved upon those who wrote it. And you and I, to this day, translated into any language, it still comes out perfect. <laughs> you know that? It's great. So I really love this book. Don't you? You really owe it to yourself to, to access this thing. People have shed their life's blood to preserve this for you. And for, for you to just take it lightly, it's not a good idea. You know, and we, we love the Lord, and we want to do what he, ha he wants us to do. And we want him to speak to us and to give us divine revelation. But, you know, why should he give you something special that's already been written down? All you have to do is read it. Wh why, what does he need to retell it to you for? Who, who do you think you are? I mean, I'm not being mean to you or anything like that. <clears throat> but until you, until you digest this a little bit, don't expect something brand new. He's not a respecter of persons. And, and the, the more often I read this, at whatever age, and I've been do you know my dad wouldn't let me leave the house and go to college until I read this book through? Now, there's, there's teenagers now that would say to their dad, well, for you, I'm leaving anyway. I don't care what you say. But I submitted myself to him to do that, see. And I've, I've read this book many, many times over the years. And from the first time I read it until this time, it has totally new meaning that pertains particularly to the season of life that I'm going through. 
and there's, I can read the same verse and get a totally new revelation. Do you know some of the stuff that I preached about 10 or 15 years ago? I don't preach it anymore because I don't believe it anymore because I've got new revelation. It doesn't mean it was wrong. It's just it was okay for then. But do you understand the Lord, the Lord brings the things that you used to believe when you were a kid, you don't believe them anymore. You, may, you used to believe in Santa Claus, remember? You don't anymore, do you? So he gives you new, I'm just, that's just a stupid example to help me make a point. But he will give you fresh revelation and oh, how good it is. Amen? So all that being said, <coughs> last week we talked about a, it, we actually started with a phrase. We were in the book of Colossians and, and I started you off with a phrase that went something like this. Why does our reasoning always start with what we don't have? Remember I, remember I mentioned that to you? Because a lot of times as believers, we always, we always start with uh, conversations about what we don't have. And then we went into some depth about talking about what, what God has actually provided for us and where we stand in him. <coughs> well, I want to go to a, extend that now to a, another point. And I possibly next week will go to a third point because as I've been considering this, the Lord's continually giving me new revelation about this. And so I want to go with you to the book of 1 Corinthians today. Because when we consider what we don't have, we're focused on lack. And when we think about what we lack, we're actually being faithless. And God wants us to be people of faith, not, not thinking about what we don't have, but in faith, pressing in to that which we can't see. Abraham believed in things that were not as though they were. Do you remember that phrase? He believed in things that were not as though they were. And this is where God wants his people to dwell because it's without faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So he wants you to be children of Abraham, children of the one who believed in things that were not as though they were. Hallelujah. So quit seeing your backslidden kids as useless and hopeless and not going to make it, but start to share the vision of your kids that God has of them and start declaring and speaking and thinking into that vision. And don't give in to the devil's sorry excuse that he's put them in. See, because they're living beneath what God's divine plan was for their life and it makes you mad and then so you start to criticize and gang up with the devil against them by faith. <laughs> so by faith, you believe them into, into their condition. So why don't you by faith believe them into righteousness? Right? He who knew no sin became sin. Who's the one who knew no sin? Now, does that mean Jesus didn't know what sin was? Of course he knew what sin was. But it, it's that word, he who knew no sin. It was like Adam knew Eve. You understand that? It was an intimate knowledge. It was a knowledge by means of participation. 
And Jesus knew no sin because he never participated. It doesn't mean he didn't know what it was. But it's like Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. It's not that they didn't know right from wrong. They knew right from wrong because Eve told the serpent, we're not supposed to do that. So it was proof that she knew the difference between right and wrong, but she didn't know she didn't know, she had not the knowledge of good and evil by participating in good and evil, see? And so Jesus knew no sin, yet he literally became sin. Not by participation, but by, oh, what's the word that I want? Vicariously becoming that sin. And he literally became your sin, and then he gave you something that you were not. He made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, if you begin to continue to live unrighteously, you're really insulting the one who made you righteous and became your sin. Don't do that. A lot of times people make excuses for doing wrong. Stop it. Just quit. Just stop doing it. You see? Oh, I just can't. I'm too weak. Poppycock. You can too. And you want to know why I know you can? Because when you have the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he will give you power. Power. And you know what the, the Scripture says? I've, I'm sorry. I'll get to you notes in just a minute. The, the Scripture says, he, Jesus said that when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, he'll give you power to become witnesses. Now, that doesn't sound like too, too great. I don't need power to be a witness. I need power to live right. Doesn't that seem like it should be that way? But if you, if you look up in the original language, do you know what the word witness is? Power to become a witness? The word witness is the word martyr. Oh, now that changes the whole story, doesn't it? He'll give you power to become a martyr. Oh, well, thanks a lot. I think I'll pass on that one, right? But what he's saying is he'll give you power to live dead because you're crucified with Christ. You're dead. Nevertheless, you live, but the life that you're living is not yours. It's you live by the faith of the one who loved you and gave himself for you. So the power to live dead, the Holy Spirit gives you power to become that martyr to the old man. Hallelujah. And alive unto Christ. Kind of changes the whole meaning of things, doesn't it? That's what I love about this book. It's so amazing. And, and you could go verse by verse by verse and just blows your mind. Hallelujah. So you have the power to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. You have, a you have power to put that old man to death and to leave him dead. Now, a lot of people don't believe in the resurrection of the dead, but yet they go around raising their old dead man all the time. Leave him dead. Now, there are Jesus said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. But he didn't mean raise the old dead man. He, he meant raise the dead that are in the flesh and bring them back to life. But not, not your old. That old man is crucified. Leave him. Let him stay that carnal man and be raised a new man. 
or woman, okay? Got to keep it PC, right? Anyway, 1 Corinthians chapter 10. <clears throat> Brethren, now, how many know in order to make electricity flow through something, you have to have the you have to have the positive and the negative wire, right? So I'm going to give you the positive wire, but I got to give you the negative wire or else you're not going to have any, any power, all right? Brethren, I would not have you, uh, would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers under the cloud, uh, that all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Now, you know what the... Apostle's talking about here, don't you? He's talking to a bunch of Jews about their history. He's going back to the days of Moses, and he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant about this whole idea of this, this deliverance from Egypt. You know, coming out of Egypt is, is symbolic of coming out of the old sinful way of life. You know, the children of Israel d were delivered out of Egypt, and, and it happened literally, but it's also important figurative figuratively too because the children of Israel came out of Egypt God brought them out of that old sinful way of life but Israel's problem was this God took them out of Egypt but they didn't take Egypt out of them they came out of Egypt but they carried Egypt in their heart and this is the problem with a lot of believers God delivers you but you don't want to give up your old lifestyle and so these crazy Israelites they carried Egypt out in their heart, and lo and behold, at the first moment that, that Moses stepped off the scene for a couple of minutes to talk with God, they built this golden calf to worship it. Why did they build a golden calf? Because that's the only thing that they understood about worship in Egypt was the, the, the praying to idols, and the calf was the idol that they prayed to in Egypt. So, And do you understand when it says in the scripture that they, they gave that golden calf a name. Do you know that? They named that golden calf. You know what they named the golden calf? Yahweh. Why would they do something like that? Because they tried to inject into, uh, it was either Al Yahweh or, uh, look it up. But they gave it a name. You, you could, somebody can Google it, all right? You guys, I don't have to. You could Google my stuff that I tell you, and you'll find out it's true. It's amazing. It's an amazing age we live into. But um, why did they do that? Because they gave God, they gave their idol worship the name of God. They tried to bring God down into their, uh, into their mindset. They tried to squeeze God. They tried to squeeze God into their religious way of thinking can't do that don't try to fit God into your worldly lifestyle some people want to always make excuses for the way they live they live sinful they do wrong but they've all got excuses they twist the scriptures up you don't need to twist the scriptures you find out there's danger to that read the last chapter of the book of Revelation and you'll find out what will happen to you if you try twisting scriptures it's not it's not a good place not a good thing to do but anyway so Paul says now I don't want you to be ignorant uh, about how your fathers passed through, passed under the cloud and passed through the sea and were all baptized. Now, now get this. This is a New Testament man speaking about an Old Testament concept 
and applying that spiritual principle to a New Testament way of life. So just as it was a literal thing in the past, it, there's a spiritual. All these things were given for our edification. They're examples to us. So he says in verse 2, they were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. That's an interesting concept because it symbolized when you come out of Egypt, you go through baptism, you get saved, you get baptized. See, you follow the sequence. They were all baptized in the cloud and in the sea, and they all did eat the same spiritual meat. Spiritual meat. What was the, what was the, the thing that they ate in the wilderness? It was called manna. Do you guys know what the word manna means? It means what is it? So if you don't know what manna is, cheer up. You're not alone because the word manna means what is it? And there's just some things that you can't explain. You just name them, what is it, and you go by faith and you eat it. Well, Jesus did give some revelation to the what is it because he said, I am the spiritual manna. I'm the bread. I'm the angel food that you guys ate in the desert. It was angel food. They had angel food cake. Interesting, right? So they did eat the same spiritual meat, and they did all drink the same spiritual drink. Well, what in the world was a spiritual drink that they ate? Well, let's keep going and find out. For they drank of the spiritual rock, oh, a spiritual rock that followed them. Hmm, now, I remember, I remember them drinking from a rock, don't you? But now we're getting a revelation about something that we didn't know about in the Old Testament, and that is that that rock was just not a regular, ordinary rock. It was a spiritual rock, and that rock followed them. Now, I never knew that before, did you? The rock followed them, and not only that, but that rock is Christ. Interesting, isn't it? See, that's why God got upset with Moses, because Moses messed up his example. See, because God is using this natural event to symbolize something, and Abraham was told to smite the rock the first time and speak to the rock the second time. You see, Jesus doesn't need to be crucified more than once. He was smitten once. You don't need to smite him again. You just talk to him. You just ask him, and you'll get the water that you need. Don't make, and you know how we smite him? Let me, you want, want to know how it is that we smite him? By constantly doing that same old sinful thing again and trying to get him to be nailed to the cross to save you again from your sins. You don't need, he doesn't need to do that. What you do is you need to confess. You need to begin to speak to him and say, Father, I've done this, but I'm going to get back underneath the blood of Christ again. See? So don't crucify again to yourself the Lord of glory. Scripture talks about people who crucify to themselves the Lord of glory. You don't hit the rock twice. And you see, it's so important that finally God said to Moses, okay, because you did that, you don't get to go into the promised land. Now, God is gracious and merciful, and that's why I love the way he is, because lo and behold, Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration with three of his disciples, and lo and behold, he met with two men up there on the mountain, and who was one of them? Moses. And where was the Mount of Transfiguration? In the Promised Land. So Moses actually did, by God's grace and mercy, show up in the Promised Land. Isn't God good? You see, we serve, we serve a good God, not a bad God. 
not a mean God. See, what the devil wants to do, because he is bad and he is mean, he wants to paint God out to be bad. God's not bad. God is good. And like the saying goes, God's good all the time. See? Now, you and I aren't always good all the time. But he is. And because he is and because he redeemed us, now we are too. Isn't that wonderful? So anyway, it's hard for me to just read and be quiet. So the same, they all drank of the same spiritual meat, and they all drank of the same spiritual drink. Now, I want you to catch the significance of that because that's very, very important. We're going to find out in just a little bit when we get to verse number 16. But with many of them, God was not pleased. See? Hmm. He delivered them all, but he wasn't pleased with them all, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things... Are, were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they lusted. Because, you see, they did lust at evil things. They, they lusted after the Egyptian stuff. They lusted after what they had in their old life. And they brought that in, and God brought terrible judgments. We could take, some, we could take a whole other message and talk about the stories of how God judged them. And it was harsh judgment. And then it says, neither be idolaters, as were some of them, as it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. They, they ate and drank and played as if they owed God nothing and they didn't want anything to do with them. They just wanted life to be all kinds of fun. And... As were some of them, it is written, the people sat down to drink, rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed, and fell in one day three and 20,000. God judged Israel for their fornication in the wilderness, and 23,000 died in one day. See, so God, I'm, I'm giving you the positive and the negative wire this morning, all right? I'll give you the positive warrior in a minute, but you're going to have to have the negative in order to get the power to flow. So you and I, God is gracious and merciful, but you can't live in sin. You've got to stop it. You can't continue fornication. You can't continue in lust. You following me? Now, I, I'm a grace preacher, but... Some of you are messing around with stuff you need, shouldn't be doing. You need to stop it. Because God doesn't look at that and just wink at it and let it go. Neither tempt Christ. Don't, don't tempt him as some of them did and, and God destroyed them with serpents. Neither murmur. So, you see, here it is. Don't be idolaters. Don't be lusters. Don't be fornicators. Don't, don't tamper with God's grace. And don't murmur and complain. For some of them murmured and were destroyed by the destroyer. Remember, remember um, how Miriam and Aaron got people to murmur against Moses? Caused a lot of destruction in those days. Now, all these things happened unto them for examples and are written for our admonition. What does admonition mean? It means for your instruction. So these things were written for your instruction unto whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinks he standeth take heed lest he fall. 
There has no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, <clears throat> but will with the temptation also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, <clears throat> I told you about to remember about that spiritual drink and that spiritual meat, right? Now, look at what verse number 16 says. That was a type in the Old Testament, but now the New Testament, he comes over and says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? So we drink from the spiritual rock, which was Christ, but we're not drinking water from that rock. Jesus said, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood, you have no part with me. So the spiritual drink that we partake of, and I know this isn't communion Sunday, but it's okay. We're supposed to do this as often as we want. So and, and really what it's doing, we're going to talk about that in a minute, it's to remember what he did. Not just what he did, but what happened to you when he did what he did, because when he did what he did, it, he did you did it too. You were crucified with Christ, and you were raised with Christ. Hallelujah. And you were seated together with him in heavenly places. That's what we talked about last week. Now, the bread which we break, now here's the bread. The bread which we, he, we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So what's the body of Christ? Well, let's find out. Verse number 17, we being many are one bread and one body. So we partake of one another. You are the bread and partakers of that one bread. All right. <clears throat> now, we, we're running out of time. We've got a lot of ground to cover. So let's jump to chapter number 11. And Paul's writing this. Now, you remember Paul had a special experience. He was not around when Jesus was on earth. Jesus was already crucified, died, and ascended up to heaven before Paul got on the picture, came into the picture. But Paul was a, 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 a student under Gamaliel, a highly educated Jewish man is, is what Paul was. And he knew the scriptures. He knew about the Lord. But, but he took his spiritual zeal out against Jesus, and he persecuted the church. You remember the story? And, and the Lord had to come along and knock him off his high horse. And that's what, that's what kind of needs to happen to a lot of people today. They're riding high, and God just needs to knock them off their horse. See? And he'll do that. Don't be surprised if he does that to you once in a while. But when he does that, it's not for your hurt. It's for your good. Because Paul was one of those guys, if you met him when he was persecuting the church, you'd want to punch him right in the nose or, or worse. But God saw, God saw something redeemable in him. Isn't that wonderful? God sees something redeemable in people who you may not even see redeemable. And the whole Christian church was befuddled. That's an interesting word, right? They were befuddled because when God saved Paul, his name used to be Saul, but it became Paul. And they were confused because they thought, this is the guy who's, who's killing all of us. And, and persecuting all of us. How can we like such a guy? I don't like him. It, I want God to judge him. I'm not, I'm not going to receive him or accept him. You can understand a little bit about how Jonah's mind was thinking too because God said, I want you to go to Nineveh and preach to those guys. Well, Nineveh was a, was a place that had been persecuting Israel for a lot of years. It's, 
It's like saying, uh, when God says, I want you to become the witness for me to the, your enemies. Because, you know, God sees things that you can't see, even in your enemies. You know that? Now, I'm not saying that you should let your enemies abuse you. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is let God, obey God when he tells you to do something. So he comes along and he knocks Paul off his horse. But then he, he appeared to Paul, and Paul went out into the wilderness for three years at least. You, you know, theologians debate about the length of time. That's not neither here nor there. Point is that he claims that he was taught by Jesus in the wilderness personally. So he knew Jesus, not how he was when the disciples knew him, but he knew Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. Now, that's a pretty good deal is to get a one-on-one -on -one education. Now, the disciples didn't even have that. They had a 12-on-1, but Paul had a one-on-one. -on -one. It's a pretty good thing for three and a half years. Well, for three years. And, and the disciples were with Jesus for about three years. So it all worked out good. So he says, he now says, I have a special revelation for you. I wasn't there at the Passover like you guys were. But he says in verse number 23, I received this of chapter 11. I received this from the Lord. I, I didn't get it by being there, but I received it from him. Also, it, that which was delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And you see, here we go with the symbolism again, because coming out of Egypt, remember what they did when they came out of Egypt? They had the Passover. That was where the first Passover was. You know what the Passover was? It, it wasn't just the sacrificing of the lamb and going through the Seder and all that stuff. It was the fact that the angel of death passed over them. That was the point of it. And you know, you and I live in a place where death can't touch us. It has to pass over us because we're covered with the blood. See, we still live in the New Testament Passover. Now, tell the devil to put that in his pipe and smoke it because he has to pass over you when he sees the blood. Don't ever get out from underneath the blood. Now, if those children of Israel would have stepped out of the house, that would have been it, curtains, you see. But they stayed under the blood. And that's where you and I have to live, see. So, anyway, he said, I received, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In other words, do when you're doing this, I want you to remember me and do this. Maybe we should say it that way. Remember me and then partake of the bread. See, because a lot of us have turned this into a spiritual ritual now where we want to have communion. No, the communion is an example, just like he told us earlier in, chapter, uh, in the previous chapter, chapter 10. These things were examples. Examples, examples, examples. And this is an example to help you because you and I as human beings, we need examples or else we'll forget. Right? I work better with examples. I work better when I have a manual, even though some people don't like reading the manuals. The manual will help you because it has examples in it, see? And so these are examples not to show how great Jesus was, which he was, but these are examples to show you what you are and what he did for you. You need to remind yourself of who you are. Shake yourself and say, this is the problem. 
Now, I don't know what I look like right now, but when I got up, I had some kind of a cowlick or whatever going on. But, you know, I looked at it and promptly forgot all about it. And that's our problem. We look at our, especially the men, we look at ourselves once in the mirror and we're good to go. Ladies are a little different. They have to keep checking and checking and checking, see? And it wouldn't, it wouldn't hurt some of us men to check a few extra times, right? By the way, is it sticking up? Or did it kind of calm down? But you see, we, mirrors are things to help us remember, right? And you got a little something on your mustache there, you know? Is that a snack for later? See, the mirror helps us to remember. We have to have remembrance. And so Jesus says, I want you to do this to remember who you are. You are, you are crucified with me. And you are risen with me. And so he says, when you take this bread and drink this cup, you do it in remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup and said, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do as often as you drink it. You need to remember often. Now, we take communion at the church once a month. But that's not often enough, some of us. We need to do it a couple of times a day. You know what? Later on, if we have the time to get to it, Paul is saying, I die daily. You and I need to remember, remind ourselves daily that we're dead. Hallelujah. They have movies out, The Walking Dead, right? You and I are the walking dead. <laughs> we are the living dead. We are, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't use that as an example. <clears throat> but anyway, we're alive. You know, it's us that are alive, not the rest of them. They're zombies. Oh, I don't know why I get off on this stuff. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are showing the Lord's death and not just his death, but you're showing your death because he didn't die for his, for, for his good. He died for your good, see? So you're showing the Lord's death till he comes. Now, watch this. This is the part that I want to talk to you about today. Last week, I'm, I talked to you about that a lot of us start our reasoning from a position of what we don't have. Lack. We have lack, you see. But this were, this. This week, I want to give you point two to that, to this thing that will probably turn into a series because I got another one that's coming after this, but I won't be able to get to it today. But that is this one. Go with me to verse number 29. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. And you know, for a lot of years, I, I was afraid to take communion. Now, I, I was raised in a preacher's home and, had to t and took communion. But, boy, every time it came to a communion service, you know what I would do? I would quickly, under my breath, before I took the communion, when, as I saw it coming down the road, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus, forgive me, forgive me of all my sins. Oh, wash, you know, I mean, I would go through all this homemade spiritual gobbledygook ritual to make sure I was right because I didn't want to take something that was going to kill me. You know what I mean? Does anybody understand what I'm talking about here, or was it just me that come, goes through this kind of stuff? And so I was thinking, if I take this, it's going to, like, jinx me, and I'm going to die because I, I left out something, and all of a sudden what was supposed to do me good is going to do me bad. And, you know, people write movies about this kind of stuff. And, 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 and so for a lot of years I struggled with that misconception misconception, misunderstanding of that. So I want to try to help you understand something because, you see, the Bible says here that 
He that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Uh-oh, this could be bad. But watch what it says. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, change that word to this. He that eateth and drinketh as if he were disqualified. You see, because a lot of us live lives feeling that we're disqualified. I've, I'm somehow or another disqualified. When Jesus has provided something for us, but we feel disqualified. Well, I am unworthy. I'm, I'm not worthy, oh Lord. And you know what, unwor- what feeling unworthily is? Can I, can I, I might say something that's kind of harsh here for a minute, so put your seatbelt on, all right? And don't get offended by this. But when you don't feel worthy, you know, that's just a hair's breadth away of being full of pride. Did you catch what I said? Feeling unworthy has got a lot of pride wrapped up in it because it's, oh, I'm so unworthy. But what we're really saying is, well, I really would wish somebody would see the good part in me because I'm, I'm not so bad. I mean, look at, look at everybody around me. I have a bunch of hammerheads, you know. So we've got this little element of pride in us. But what Jesus is saying is, Shame on you for thinking that you're unworthy because I made you worthy. Oh, yeah, you, you are unworthy. There's, don't, don't kid yourself. Left to yourself, you are quite unworthy. But he has made you worthy. He has made you worthy. He has made you righteous. So if he has made you righteous and you're denying that and you're still feeling unworthy, you might as well slap him in the face and say what you did is, you know, you just say things, but you don't mean them, and it's not true because I'm still unworthy. No. If he's made you worthy, you're worthy. Hallelujah. So, but you see, there are people that eat and drink unworthily and they, because they're not discerning the Lord's body. What, so they've la- they're lacking discernment about what the Lord's body is. What is so what is the Lord's body? Okay. Review time for review. Remember in school we had to have a review. Go back to chapter number 10 and go back to verse number 17 that we just read a little while ago. All right? What does it say in 1017? We being many are one bread and one body. So, spiritual discernment now. Who's the Lord's body? Hello? You're the Lord's body. I'm the Lord's body. We're the Lord's body. And so when we let, so if, if we are his body, do you think he's going to take care of his body? You better believe it. Look at how good care you try to take care of your body. My goodness. I've got to make sure I take my pills and my vitamins and go to the gym and do all this kind of stuff because I don't want to die. I'm taking care of my, comb my hair, brush my teeth, right? Because because we care about our body, and we ought to, you see. But you have to have discernment about who you are, and you are the Lord's body. When you lack that discernment, and, and you see, not you, here's the deal. How, what kind of a body does Jesus have right now? In, in a, I, mean, I, know, I know you're his body, but what kind of a body does he have? He, he's, a, he's living in a glorified body, and where is he? He's seated at the right hand of the Father, and I know he's in your heart, 
Yeah, I know. This is, we're getting into some deep theology, but we're just going to keep it simple for simple people. So Jesus is resurrected, and he is glorified, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and so are you because you are his body. And if you lack that discernment, you're going to think you're somebody else besides who you really are. And if you lack that discernment, and if you don't recognize the Lord's body, and you continue to think of yourself as unworthy, do you know what the consequences of that will be? Look at verse number 29. He that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation, because he doesn't discern his, the Lord's body. Verse number 30. And this is the reason why, I'm, not, I'm paraphrasing, but you can read it up on the screen to see if I'm close. This is the reason why there are so many people who are weak and sick and die prematurely. Do you see what it says on the board? But you heard how I said it. Am I wrong in how I translated it for you? The reason why so many people are weak, physically and spiritually, might, might I say, and the reason why there's so many people suffering and cumbered with sickness among us, and the reason why people die before their time is because they don't discern the Lord's body. They don't understand who they are. And what is it that Jesus did when he went to Calvary? He purchased your salvation, and he took the stripes for your healing. But if you don't discern that, if you don't live in agreement with that, and you're always trying to build a theology based on failure instead of the Word of God, you're going to continue to be weak and sick and die before your time. I, I know, I know. We just prayed for little Addison this morning. There's some things we don't understand. I understand, I understand that I don't understand. But that doesn't change the truth of God's Word. You see? It doesn't mean that if I believe this, I'm going to all of a sudden get understanding. It doesn't say that. It, the Scripture just says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't, don't lean. You, you know what leaning is? It's, it's using something to hold yourself up. Don't use your understanding to hold yourself up. Don't lean on your understanding. But just acknowledge him in, in, in everything that you do, and he'll give direction to your paths. doesn't mean you're going to understand it all, but it does mean that you're going to be victorious, and you're going to live whole because you're properly discerning the Lord's body. And to partake, and to partake of his bodily unworthily, to, uh, dis thinking that you're disqualified in some way, this is going to bring all kinds of stuff on you. Now, isn't that a whole different way of thinking it from the way I used to think about it? Oh, Jesus, hurry up. Forgive me of my sins before I take this because my dad's about ready to put it in his mouth. And I don't know if I covered everything. Did I miss something? You know? And I'd say, well, like David, forgive me of all my secret sins. I'm trying to scrape my brain, trying to think of all this stuff. No, 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 no. Relax a little bit. See? but that's because I didn't have discernment of the Lord's body. And so I told you last week, the reason why a lot of us have problems is because we live in lack 
or be, we begin with what we don't have. And a, another reason why we have failure in our, in our life is because we um, position ourselves and we, we position ourselves and feel like we're disqualified. God loves everybody but us. You're not disqualified. Now, remember, there's, there's the two wires, the positive and the negative. That doesn't excuse you from what I just got done reading here in chapter number 10. doesn't mean that you can continue to lust and be idolatrous and fornicators and tempt the Lord and murmur. No, 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 no. But there's the two ends of the wire. Also, don't let the devil take you and tell you you're disqualified because of what Jesus did. Because he became all of those rotten things that you were so that you could become all the good that he is. That doesn't mean he's still that way, you understand, because he nailed it to the cross. Hallelujah. He took what you were, and he nailed it to the cross. Now, if you and I would have been nailed to the cross, we would have died, and we would have stayed dead because all we did is we got what we deserved. See? Because we deserved the cross. So if we would have died for our sins, we basically would have just zeroed out the, the game because we got what we deserved. But what happened with Jesus was he became what we were, and he died for us. But because he was so sinless and pure, he rose again. See? And so now, to the same degree that he became your sin, you now, because of what he did, can become his righteousness. Hallelujah! Now, do you get some spiritual discernment going on here? So you can feel free to participate of partaking of the Lord's body for verse number 31 of chapter 11. If we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Now, what does that mean? If we were to critique ourselves, we wouldn't have to be critiqued. Does that help a little bit? Critique yourself. Have you, have you slipped out from underneath the, the protection of the Lord and goofed up? Get back under the blood. Get back in. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Stay put. Hallelujah. It, you, you're, remember we said last night, your life is hidden together with Christ in God. That's where you need to stay. Don't venture out. Don't venture out. You get out, you're on your own, see? And that's, well, actually you're not because there's no place you can hide from him. You know, you can make your bed in hell and he's there. But he's not going to stay there with you, see? Making any sense today? So, so here's the deal. <clears throat> so last week we talked about we talked about people who live in lack, and today we talked about feeling unworthy, unworthiness, feeling unworthiness or disqualification. And maybe the next time we'll hit point number three, because you probably want to know what that one is too, right? But I won't I won't go into it today because I don't have time. But that is living regret or jealousy or or living in, in this idea of a wonder what it could have been. Living in regret. A lot of people, see, these are, the, these are three things that cause believers to live a defeated life. 
living unqualified, living in lack, and living in regret or wishful thinking. None of those ought to be part of the believer's life. Amen? So, Lord Jesus, I kind of did an airboat ride through your scripture today. There's a lot that I left out because I wanted to go all the way to verse to verse chapter number 13, but you guys read chapter 13, all right? But I thank you for your word. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you care so much. I thank you for your Holy Spirit who leads and guides us into all truth. I praise you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have made us the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And you have qualified us. And we don't lack, but we have a Father who owns it all. And, and we, are, we are reconciled to you. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Now, <clears throat> I pray for your blessing and revelation to your people today of your word. And now I bless these people in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life, and you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You will be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. You'll bring forth fruit in your season. Your leaf will not wither, and whatsoever you do will prosper. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now unto him who is able to keep you from falling and, and who's able to present, present you faultless before the presence of his own glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, we ascribe glory and honor and dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen, 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 amen. God bless you. God love you. Don't forget, don't tell Liz it's not potluck. It's covered dish, all right? Covered dish. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a wonderful, wonderful day together. And don't forget about next week, all right? Get that sign-up sheet. It's floating around the room somewhere. If, how many How many still need the sign-up sheet? Wave your hand. Oh, you still need it? Where? Where is the sign-up sheet? It's over on this side of the room. All right. So if you still haven't signed it, head on over here. God bless you. Have a great day. See you tonight at 630 if you're not watching the Super Bowl. <laughs>